Farmers Insurance knows the difference between a car hitting your bumper and a clown car hitting your bumper. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry about that. Because we covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Woke up this morning insane. I'll be just fine. Be just fine. Falling in love is all good. Better days coming this way. Butterflies all on my face. Love is the season. I'm feeling this way. Good afternoon and welcome into Saint Live. You are watching Speak Up with Sammy Georgeur, episode 200. Episode 200, that is right. Big time episode. Um, episode 200, we're talking about... Um, we're going to be talking about the NBA. We're going to be talking about the NFL, college football, maybe some protesting talk. There's going to be a lot going on. It's episode 200 of Speak Up with Samuel Jour. Always speak your mind. Monday through Friday, every single day of the week at noon Pacific time. Um, it's brought to you by mybookie.ag. It's the safest place to bet online. Fastest payouts in the industry. And... It's right here. It's my bookie. It's spelled M Y this way, M Y B O O K I E dot A G. And you use promo code Coffee, and you will get a hundred percent sign up bonus. Which means if you put a hundred bucks, they'll give you a hundred bucks also right back to use on bets. So go to mybookie.ag. Once again, this is episode two hundred of Sant Live. Pretty crazy that we're at episode 200. I love it. It's an amazing number to be at. 200 episodes. Only a couple months in, but 200 episodes. I am pretty stoked. So thank you to everyone on Periscope and people on Facebook and everything um, for always tuning in and, and being good supporters. We appreciate it so much. Um, oh, and Sweet CC says, hi, Sammy, over on Periscope. Hi, Sweet CC. How you doing? Hope you're having a great day. Welcome in. This is episode 200. Can, can, I can't believe that. We're only a couple months in, but we're at episode 200 already. And now um, we're just here to keep growing, and I am excited. But once again, speak up with Sammy George on Monday through Fridays um, at noon Pacific time. And brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code COFFEE will get you 100% sign-up bonus right when you sign up, which means they'll double your money. Can't ask for anything better than doubling your money. So today we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. I'm super hyped about D-Wade going to Cleveland. Um, if you know me, I love LeBron James, and you know that this makes me excited. So we got that LeBron James stuff coming up, Dwayne Wade stuff coming up. We're going to be talking about my two early NBA top five, so kind of going through who I think is the top five in the NBA and explain why they all have a lot in common. Um, we're going to be talking about the Cowboys protest and get the win. We're going to talk about NCAA scandal if we have time um, because I'd rather talk about that more tomorrow if I get some more research done on that after I talk about my um, so that order is a little different on the side we're going to go Cowboys protest and win it's on this side sorry I see it different on the screen um, we're going to do Cowboys win we're going to go to Sammy's college football top 10 and then we're going to go to my NFL top 10 um, and if we have time we'll get into the college football um, or the college basketball scandal so we're going to start with my favorite topic of the day now. Um, usually I like doing my top 10 first and foremost. Uh, my NFL top 10 is usually my favorite thing of this day. Um, but today my favorite topic is going to be D-Wade. 
Um, and Devin Mark says we had George's jungle time to get things heated up with Sammy Sahara. <laughs> Good shows today. I like that. Sammy Sahara. You know, if George didn't use a jungle reference as well, I, th I probably should. But I like speak up because I keep saying it in the comments when people are arguing. I say, it's okay. Just speak up. Speak your mind. It's always good to argue and speak your mind. But thank you, Devin, for saying good shows today. So here's the breaking news. I might be frozen for a second, but I think it will come back. It is back. The breaking news, of course, is Dwayne Wade picks the Cleveland Cavaliers and decides to reunite with LeBron James. Now, my first reaction to this is, I said it yesterday, 75% chance he goes to Cleveland, 25% chance he goes back to Miami. And he said it. It sounds like he wasn't really considering the Spurs or Thunder. When asked, it says, Dwayne Wade return, goes to Cleveland because he felt that winning a championship would be more important than his sentimental homecoming to Miami. So it sounds like those were his only options. And like I said, the reason I said 75% Cleveland, 25% Miami was because I think winning to him is more important, playing with one of his best friends in LeBron James. So I said, that's why it's 75% Cleveland. It looks like I was right about that. Uh, these guys are best friends. Why would they not play with each other again? They've already done it before. This is just another opportunity for Dwayne Wade to try to win with LeBron. So he goes to Cleveland um, I just saw reports that the Warriors called LeBron uh, called Dwayne Wade and he had no interest whatsoever. I don't think he would do something like that. He doesn't seem like the guy that would go to Golden State at this point in his career to, you know, he wouldn't want to go against LeBron like that. Um, I feel like that would be just something he wouldn't do. So he decides on going to Cleveland to play with LeBron James. And my initial thoughts are, he was promised a starting spot, which I think is important. Um, you know, I liked that he, he, I think it was, it was definitely either Cleveland or Miami. He told the Warriors, no, don't even, he's, they called him. He said, no, I'm not interested. You know, other people talked to him. No, he's not interested. It was between Miami and, and, and Cleveland. And obviously Cleveland is the right choice. Promised a starting spot. And when I sit here and I start to think about the roster, I was telling George on the last show, on our morning show, this roster is absolutely ridiculously stacked. Compared to last year, I think it's doubled in its amount of talent. I mean, I know everyone wants to say, oh, you're just saying this because you like LeBron James or, oh, well, Kyrie's better than Isaiah. Yes, Kyrie Irving's better than Isaiah Thomas. But Isaiah Thomas is pretty close in talent. I know he's out for a little bit, but get this. This is the roster we have for the Cleveland Cavaliers. We have a starting lineup of now probably Tristan Tom, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Isaiah Thomas. And while Isaiah's out, we'll have um, while Isaiah Thomas is out, we will have uh, Derrick Rose. And then you talk about this bench. That's a good starting line first and foremost. You have again Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas. And then on the bench, we're talking J.R. Smith, we're talking Jay Crowder, we're talking Jeff Green, Derek Rose, Jose Calderon, Amon Shumpert, Kyle Korver, um, what's his name, Ante Zizic, uh, there was one more, Kay Felder's still on the team. They have a, I don't know how they're keeping all these players, but they have a ridiculously stacked roster. This team is ridiculously stacked. Golden State Warriors... Top heavy, more talent by far. But 
in the terms of a full roster, this could be the best roster in the NBA, and this could be the best roster LeBron James has had in his career. LeBron James has rarely had teams that have stacked benches, and this is finally a team with a good bench. I forgot Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson, actually, just to mention that as well. They have a ridiculously stacked roster. They have double the bench depth, um, and they're just a better scoring team. They're better defensively as well. And now they have another guy who I know Dwayne Wade's a little older, and don't get me wrong, I don't think he's the same as he used to be. But he's pre they're pretty stacked, and he's able to help them at a high level when it comes when it comes down to like the thick of things. And you're talking about a time where maybe we're talking about in the playoffs, in the in the clutches. Um, they they're gonna have um, they're gonna they're gonna be crazy good. They're gonna be crazy good. Um, Kyle Wagner says, hi, bud. What's up, Kyle? How you doing? We have George saying double the amount of talent. He said crazy. No, it's not crazy. It is almost double the amount of talent. If you just look at, listen, everybody wants to just always talk about one player. It's not just about Kyrie leaving. You've got to look at what's in exchange on this roster. They added Jay Crowder, Jeff Green, Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade. That, like, that's a lot to add defensively and offensively. And they added Derrick Rose and Jose Calderon. That's a lot to add. I know you lose Kyrie Irving, but you added all that and anti Zizic. That's a lot to add. We want to keep talking about one player, but that's not how it always works. Um, Queen Kira Clark, what is up? How you been? Um, she has one Golden State, two Nets. Just kidding. Um, East teams not named. Cavs. San Antonio, Cleveland, OKC. I like the in the OK Thunder. I mine's a little different, but I'll get there. It's on my two early NBA top five coming soon. Insert coffee code Kofifi. I remember that. That was a while ago, but I do remember that. Um, Devin said, "Did you see that trade analogy by Nick Wright for Boogie Cousins?" Um, I think I know what you're talking about. I think are you talking about the one where it's it's a Mon Shumper? Enchaining fry salaries would add up enough for Boogie. But the thing is, I think the Pelicans would only do that if, first of all, the Cleveland would do that anytime. But I think Pelicans will only do that if they see that the season's going downhill and it's not working with, with Davis and Boogie. And I don't see why they wouldn't do it in that case. And I think that'd be awesome. Uh, Kyle said, hopefully meet you sometime, bud. Hopefully, if I'm ever in Green Bay or if you're ever here in Seattle, please hit us up. You can come on the show. Queen Kier Clark said, I'm still a homer. Definitely rooting for my Nets. Hey, you got to root for the Nets. They do have Jeremy Lin. They're actually not going to be as bad as people think, I, I believe. Um, De Dane says, what's good? What is good? Dane, how you doing, my man? Um, Kyle said, great job, Packers. And I'll get to my NFL top 10 at the end of the show here, and you'll be able to see where I have the Packers. They are doing great. Devin said, Nets are in a building stage. They had Super Team back in like 13, but I think that was a big bust. That Super Team for the Nets was definitely a big bust. I mean, they had, um, when they made all those trades with those picks, it was definitely not um, definitely not that great of a, of a decision to trade all they did for Pearson and Garnett in their downside years. That's the problem with it. Um, King Clairsad said, hashtag training camp is soon. I know I am pumped. Dane said Cavs are better than they've ever been for sure. I agree. And he said, imagine if OKC were the Sonics right now. If OKC were the Sonics right now, I'd be losing my goddamn mind that we have Carmelo Anthony, Westbrook, and Paul George. I'd be so hyped. 
I think the Thunder are extremely, extremely good. I have they're in my top five, obviously. Um, I have that coming up here soon. And I agree with what you said. This better than they've ever been before. And this might be the best all-around team that LeBron has. LeBron's never had like this great of a team. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, Kyrie Irving. I mean, I mean uh, Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade. You would throw in now Corver, Crowder, Rose. If Rose is healthy for a year, he's a top 50 player in the NBA. This is a big deal. Um, Queen Gears said super team. <laughs> Fond memories. Yeah, they, they thought they were super teams, but they didn't. Um, and we have Devin Mark saying they'd do it because it's not clear if Boogie will come back to New Orleans after this year. They'd want to get something back for him instead of losing him like Indy and and George situation. I agree, but I think they'll play it out for a couple weeks in New Orleans to kind of see what happens. I don't think they'd do it to start the season completely is, is my thought. Um, Queen Kiela said at the time, uh, LeBron said the team had championship pedigree. Yeah, they, the Nets did have championship pedigree in some sense, but it, they weren't that good. I mean, they shouldn't have traded away all those draft picks for Pearson Garnett at at that stage of their career, that was that was a rough choice, if I if I may say so. And Dane, I love what you said. Imagine if OKC were the Sonics right now. That that would be insane. Honestly, we'd be losing our mind. And like, of course, I got George's comment. Speak up, his classic comment of the day. I love that comment. You know that. So always give me the speak up comment, George. So we have, um, like I said, Dwayne Wade. Signed with Cleveland, took the minimum. I told you guys yesterday, 75% chance he goes to Cleveland, 25% he goes to Miami. It looks like the Warriors called him. He said, no, thank you. All these other teams called him. He said, no, thank you, not interested. What he was interested in is being part of um, what he's interested in is being part of a championship team. I am so excited. Um, and Devin Mark says, defense, defense, defense. I'm telling you, the Cavs are much better than they were last year. They have Jeff Green and Jay Crowder changes everything for them. They can play defense and help LeBron out a bit. This team is going to be really good. And sorry, guys, if you see me move my neck a lot, I do have a neck problem right now. Um, I kind of slept on it wrong one day, and I was running, playing basketball, and it locked. I can't do anything about it. Um, but I'll be moving my neck a lot after this weekend. It probably should be recovered fully. Um it runs in the family. My mom has a neck problem right now as well. So I'm trying to get over that. But I know it's awkward on the screen, but I'm moving my neck. So I'm going to get to my way too early. I love these. My way too early NBA top five. So let's see what you guys think. And I leave a team off of there that some people might disagree with, but it's a tough one. At one, of course, I have the Golden State Warriors. I can't really put anybody else there. They have the team. Now, I was going to say the Cavs possibly, but I don't want to cause this eruption of a LeBron homer, so whatever. Warriors are at one. I do think the Warriors are an interesting situation. I mean, I'm not. their, their depth worked for them last year with JaVale McGree. Now they have Nick Young um, and all these other small pieces. But that worked for them last year, I think, more in the sense that Cleveland had no depth. So let's see how this year goes by. I think Cleveland has a lot more depth this year than the Warriors, and that's going to play an interesting role in the finals. Um, at two, I think it's clear that I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I actually had OKC there yesterday when I was thinking about my top, my top five, my way too early top five. 
and I had OKC over Cleveland. But with the addition of Dwayne Wade, even if he averages 14 or 15 a game, gives you 28 minutes, his presence on the court and the way he knows how to play with LeBron and his championship pedigree and his playoff pedigree and his his desire to win. You know, everyone knows Dwayne Wade's as legit as it gets. I have the Cleveland Cavaliers at two. The roster is absolutely stacked. At three, man, after, after last year, I never thought I'd say something like this. But at number three, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. I hate the Thunder. I... Well, I don't hate the players on there, but I hate the Thunder because I'm from Seattle. I just don't like them as a team. Um, but they have Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and the reigning MVP in Russell Westbrook. Steven Adams, Andre Robinson, and then this is my problem with them. I just stated five decent players, three stars in the league, two good role players. Now their depth is going to be a huge problem, but I think they would prefer to take less depth and have this superstar talent instead of having... Um, having something else. Next, I have the Rockets. Um, I know a lot of people aren't going to like the Rockets over, let's say, like a Spurs or a Celtics or a team like that. But the Houston Rockets roster, if you guys just, you know, bear with me for a moment, I'll bring it up. Um, the Rockets roster is actually quite deep for... A team that gave up a lot to get Chris Paul. Um, for giving up a lot to give up Chris Paul, this roster, and this is in alphabetical order, starts with Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza, Tariq Black, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, James Harden, Demetrius Jackson, Sean Long, Luke Mbamute, Nene, um, Chris Paul, Isaiah Taylor, P.J. Tucker. People keep forgetting that P.J. Tucker was a big signing for them this offseason as well. Um, Tim Quarterman, some other guy, no-name guys. Um, that's a great roster for, for Houston. For how much they had to give up, they picked up P.J. Tucker. They kept some of their top players. They kept Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon somehow with those trades. Um, and you have you, they kept Trevor Ariza. They flip-flopped Patrick Beverly and uh, Chris Paul. You're fine there. This team stayed stacked, and it's, it's a big it's a big-time move for the Rockets and at five I have the Boston Celtics so I was picking between three teams for that fifth spot the three teams I was picking between were the Celtics the Spurs and the Timberwolves the Timberwolves the reason they didn't make it is I know they picked up Jimmy Butler but last year they didn't make the playoffs without Jimmy Butler and I don't find that fair to put them ahead of a team like the Spurs or the Celtics the Timberwolves have a great chance of producing at an extremely high level this year, though, if, you know, they stay consistent. But we have to see Carl Anthony Towns play defense. We have to see um, we have to see Andrew Wiggins step up a little bigger. We need to see Jimmy Butler mesh with them really well. And Jeff Teague, great, great, great roster. But that's why I left the Timberwolves out. And the Spurs, I was going to go with the Spurs over the Celtics because of the coaching, but they both have good coaches, and I believe in Kyrie Irving and, and uh, Gordon a little more than I believe. Think about this. You have Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, and Al Horford. I believe in that a little more than Kawhi and LaMarcus Aldridge. But with coaching, it's going to be close. But I'm going to believe in the Spurs a little less than the Celtics this year. So, once again, I had the Warriors, Cavs, Thunder, Rockets, Celtics, and then right behind them, the Spurs and Timberwolves. Um, there's other teams that can come around there, but 
it's been close. Um, here's the interesting thing. A lot of these teams have a lot in common. Now, I can't add the Warriors to what's in common here because the Warriors didn't do as much this summer. But look at the four major, four teams that all made major moves. I have the Cavs. They've signed Dwayne Wade. They're part of the Isaiah swap. Um, and they've, they've tried to sign, you know, they've tried to make more major moves, but they've made two major moves. Signing D. Wade's a major move. And that trade for Isaiah Thomas and Drake Cowder is a major move. The Thunder made major moves. They stripped their roster to get Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. And by stripping the roster, don't take that out of context, they gave up nothing for what you'd think somebody had to give up to get Carmelo Anthony and Paul George, but it stripped their bench. The Rockets made a major move, went and signed Chris Paul and P.J. Tucker. And then the Celtics made a major move. They went ahead and traded for Kyrie Irving and picked up Gordon Hayward. All those teams in the top five made major moves. And you look, the only teams in my top seven that didn't make major moves are the Spurs. But there's reason for that. And the Warriors. And there's reason for that. The Timberwolves made a major move. Celtics, Rockets, Thunders, and, and Thunder, and the Cavs all made major moves. And I think it's, it's fitting for this NBA offseason. And I love it. This NBA offseason has been insane. And... I couldn't be happier with what's going on with this NBA offseason. So we have um, Elmutro said Golden State, Cavs, Thunder, Timberwolves, Spurs, and Celtics. Okay, I like that too. The only team that we have different there is you don't have the Rockets in, in any of those parts. Um, but I like what you're doing there. I like what you're doing there. Um, I, would, I would put the Timberwolves... A little below those teams and move up the Rockets, but the Timberwolves are inching closer day by day. It's an exciting time to see what's happening there. Let's see. Um, we have Queen Kira saying uh, hashtag embarrassing Knickerbockers. Honestly, the Knicks are an embarrassment, um, but it's time to rebuild and let's see what Porzingis can do by himself. I'm excited. And Devin said, Cavs are stacked. I don't care. The Cavs are very stacked. They they might be the best team in the NBA. Everyone, uh, I know I would be freaked out on if I said that, so I'm not going to say it. They're, I'll say they're the second best team. But I'm just going to say they might. They might be better than the Warriors as a full team. So stay tuned. Remember I said that if it does happen. Now, exciting times, and I love it. Let's move on to some football. We have Devin Mark saying, dude, I'm not trying to be funny, but my 2K player got drafted to the Rockets and Paul can't hit shit to save his life. About to force trade. <laughs> yeah, they. that's funny. I know I sometimes like like and hate players based off of video games too or like fantasy. Like I hate players based on fantasy and, and football and like 2K, I'll hate players based on like I'll play with um, like I'll play with the Heat back in the day. And D Wade can't hit threes, and I'll just start to get pissed at D Wade. I'll be like, "You, why can't you fucking hit a shot in 2K? I've seen you hit a couple shots in real life." Or I'll hate Dirk Nowitzki because my friend JC plays with Dallas and has his shot down to a T where it never misses, and I just get so heated. And like, I'll literally 
root against players in real life because of what they did to me in 2K or fantasy. So I feel that, bro. I really do feel that. We've all been there and done that. All right. Let's do a little bit of a talk about this game really quick, what I saw from this game. And then uh, I'm going to move on to my top 10 in college and my top 10 in NFL. Um, and we'll get that rolling. So we have the Cowboys protest. They all take a knee and defeat the Arizona Cardinals. Two stories here. One, Jerry Jones joined the team to take a knee during the national anthem. I think I've expressed enough how I feel about that. Um, I think you can do what you want. It's a personal choice. I personally wouldn't want to take a knee. But let's be honest. If I was on a team and they all asked me to take a knee with them, guess what I would do? I'd probably take a knee and move on from it. But I just don't like the platform to do it. I think I'd prefer to see people speak up outside of work, kind of how LeBron said. He's like, I'll use my voice instead of my knee. I really appreciate LeBron saying that, especially for such a powerful person. And LeBron does do that. He uses his time and his money for really positive things um, instead of protesting on his work platform. So I really appreciate that. And I, I think it's interesting, Jerry Jones, out of all people, he said you'd be fired if you take a knee or protest and he joined them. So he's kind of flip-flopping a little bit. It's a little hypocritical. But I think Jerry Jones is kind of like maybe the same stance that I was on. I don't like it. But if my team decided to do it, of course I'm going to be, I'm a ride or die with my team. Now, like if I was at, um, if I was on an NFL team and they all said, let's take a knee, I'd probably take a knee with everybody as well. Uh, I'm, I'm not a divisive person. So I like to, to help out as much as I can. If, if some people are feeling some type of way on my team. So no hate to Jerry Jones for doing that. Um, I just think it's interesting because he was the one guy that seemed a little more against it than most people. Um, but more power to him. More power to him for trying. A couple things I noticed from this game. Um, I kind of have a different take than George. George said Dak Prescott is, she's proven to be like a legit quarterback. I've said he's legit all along, but I think this you can still see the limitations. He's not that that good. I think if he was on a bad old line or with a bad roster, he's not excelling. He's not doing what Aaron Rodgers is doing for Green Bay. I think Dak Prescott is just as talented as, let's say, a Tony Romo, or not even. They'd be in a better place with Tony Romo. But I think, you know, Dak Prescott has shown that he's good, and I think he's shown that all along. But I don't think he's showing something to an extra extent at this point. I think he's showing a normal amount of talent, and that's it. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, got his first rushing touchdown. Still not looking as dominant as he was last year. He's not hitting those 100 rush marks, 100-yard rush marks. Um, not looking as dominant as I'd like him to look. And then Des Bryant's washed up. I noticed that the guy had one touchdown, but he had two catches, 12 yards. He has 100-something yards on the year in three games. The guy is not who he used to be. And last but not least, what I've been saying all year, um, the Arizona Cardinals are not completely done. Carson Palmer is not horrible. I've said this all along. They're a team that can compete, especially in this NFC West. And I think they're still going to compete with the Seahawks and the Rams. I don't see why they wouldn't. They're only one game behind both of them. Carson Palmer's not bad. He's got the ball. He literally for sure ended up with like 12 catches, I think, last night and two touchdowns um, or a touchdown. And Carson Palmer's not done. He's going to have up and down games because he might be a step back from what he used to be. But he's not completely washed up to the point where he's going to get benched. I've been saying that all along, and I still believe it, and I'll continue to believe that 
till the end of the day. Now, the Cowboys have moved up in my top 10, and I do think that they are as legit as last year. Regardless of what I'm saying about Dak or Ezekiel, I see them taking a step back from last year, but they're pretty much as legit as last year. I just see this team getting better as the season goes, and I don't see why they would struggle. Struggle. Um, and Devin said, Carson Palmer looked nice in the pocket. He did. He looked really good. I think the first drive, he was like 9 for 9, 198 yards, or 7 for 7, 98 yards and a touchdown. And he said, boy, do I miss Palmer. For those who don't know, I know that Devin is a Bengals fan, um, so I'm assuming he'd like Carson Palmer over his Andy Dalton experience right now. Even though I like Andy Dalton, I think he's fine. <laughs> personal, personal opinion, though. All right. We're going to move on. Um, do my college top 10, and then we're going to get into my NFL top 10. And we'll probably sign off, and I'll get to the college, um, you know, we'll get into my college scandal tomorrow. And Devin says, fine is less than great. I agree. It is. I, he's fine. But you know he's fine, right? He's, he's a fine quarterback. He'll do okay for you guys for, for a long time. But let's get to this. So my NCAA power rankings. And I'm going to go through if they've stayed the same or changed. And he said, yeah, I do. So he knows he's fine. They're fine. He's fine. Nothing great. Nothing horrible. It's pretty much... Something you have to live with is how I see it. It's just like, no, oh, I have to live with Andy Dalton. But my NCAA college top 10. So uh, at number one, they did not move. I have the Alabama Crimson Tide. Not shocking. Um, I don't see who else would be in that situation. At number two, they did not move either. I have the Clemson Tigers. Clemson... You know, Clemson and Alabama are pretty pretty close head-to-head -head here. I, I think Bama, if you see what they did to Vanderbilt, they absolutely manslaughtered them. Um, they could have put up 80, 90 points if they really wanted to. So Bama had to stay ahead of Clemson a little bit. But Clemson, I mean, Clemson's had two big wins already in, early in the year. Louisville and Auburn, I mean, you can't say anybody else has a better resume right now. Um, the, the team that is close with a better resume, close to a better resume, um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is at number three for me, and they have not moved either. So my top three has remained untouched in the first three weeks, or, it's, or in the first last two weeks, sorry. They've remained untouched, and that is Alabama, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Those have not moved. At three, moving up one spot, I put the Washington Huskies. The reason I put the Washington Huskies up there, I moved them above of, above USC. I had Washington up one spot from five. Um, USC was close with Cal again. I mean, USC has been in close games against Texas, against Western Michigan, a close first half against Stanford, and now a closer game, a close game against Cal. I am not trusting USC as much as everyone's trusting USC, so I moved up Washington above them to number four. Washington, first of all, was a top four team last year, made the college football playoffs. Washington competed with Alabama for the first half. It wasn't for that Jake Browning interception. It would have been a 10-7 game going to half. Um, I think Washington's being underrated this entire year. I don't know why they they keep they move them down and up, down and up. Um, 
They had a rough first half against Colorado. I'll give them that, but they blew them out at the end of the game. Colorado's a legit team. Washington now has a legitimate win on the resume. It's time to move them up back to four where they belong. USC has struggled against too many damn teams. Western Michigan, in Texas, in Cal, in Stanford. You can't struggle against all these teams and tell me they're the fourth best team in the nation. So I moved up Washington ahead of USC one spot. Washington goes from five to four in my power rankings this year. Or this week, sorry. Um, they have maybe the best defense in college football, and they have a good quarterback, great running game, great receivers, great special teams. Dante Pettis tied uh, Wes Walker for the record of most punt returns in NCAA history at eight. He just needs one more to break it. They're an all-around awesome team. They did not lose that much. They lost Buda Baker. They lost Sidney Jones um, and a couple offensive pieces, John Ross, etc. But... They didn't lose too many pieces this year. And Devin Mark agrees. Thank you. He said Washington's underrated. I agree. They should not be at six, um, which is where the AP has them, by the way. So I'm at four. I moved up one another team one spot, which is Penn State, to five. I moved them ahead of USC. Now, Penn State, the reason I have them ahead of UW, which the AP doesn't, the AP has them at four, Um is they had a close call against Iowa. They were one play, one drop pass. If they drop that last play of the game, they lose to Iowa. And then we're talking a whole different story. So I don't really know why they moved ahead of Washington. Washington hasn't struggled in any game. Penn State beat Iowa by a point and barely made it out of that game. I'm putting Penn State at five. They are not better than Washington. So I'm going to leave them at five. And I dropped USC down two spots to six. I had them at four last week. USC has been in too many close games. The reason I put Penn State over them, even though Penn State had a close game as well, is that Penn State's only had one close game. USC's had a close game against everybody they played. Granted, harder schedule so far, but you can't you can't be doing that to me every week. I need to see one of those big blowout wins. So I have USC at six. I have Georgia moving up three spots from 10 to number seven. Georgia, I that was my bet of the week in college football, which I'm undefeated this year so far. I'm 3-0 you know, in my college football bet of the week's. I took Georgia minus four and a half against Mississippi State. They blew them out. I told everybody, Georgia's winning big games this year. They beat Notre, beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. They just beat Mississippi State. Georgia is legit. Mississippi State against LSU wasn't that legit of a win. I told everyone this is going to happen. LSU's not that well coached. Orgeron is not a great coach. We've seen that time in and time out. I don't know why people keep trusting Orgeron as a great coach. So I moved Georgia up to seven, three spots. At eight, Oklahoma State is dropped out, and I moved up TCU to eight, where they were not in my top ten last year, last week. TCU, big win against Oklahoma State. In Oklahoma State, they've proved they're a legitimate team. At nine, moved down one spot because I had to move TCU up there. I put Michigan at nine, and I moved up down one spot as Wisconsin because they're yet to play anybody, but I have Wisconsin at 10. So I have Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Washington, Penn State, USC, Georgia, TCU, Michigan, and Wisconsin in my top 10. The only team that dropped out of my top 10 was Oklahoma State, and I moved TCU there at eight. I believe I had Oklahoma State at... No, I had Oklahoma State at 8, so I flip-flopped their spots. I moved Georgia from 10 to 7. I moved USC down to Washington, 1 up. Penn State, 1 up. And Wisconsin and Michigan, 1 down. So I can fit Georgia up there and fit TCU in there. And Shing Varkitsumboon, what is up, my man? It's been a while. I went, I went to high school with Shing. He said, go dogs. I, I remember I sent you once. I saw you on TV jumping the fence. I, 
like at UW to rush the field. I don't remember who they beat that game, but I sent you a picture. I saw it on ESPN that one day. Um, go dogs. Dogs are underrated. They they shouldn't be at six. They dominated Colorado in the second half. USC has struggled in four straight games. They've had rough first halves. Penn State is one drop away on the last play of the game to lose to Iowa. So why would UW be less, lesser than them? They're, they were the fourth spot last year. Um, I know they lost. They lost Buda Baker. They lost Sidney Jones. Those are big losses. Um, I, I, it was big time. UW's big time. USC and Penn State need to move down one spot. And Shink said, yeah, dude, that was against number seven, Stanford. I, that was what it was last year, seven versus ten. Um, Stanford, I think it was, was it the Friday night game, right, or Thursday night game? It was a Friday night game. I was there. I think I saw you on ESPN after the game, like on the highlights, because I was at the game with my uh, uncle and my dad, my brother, my uncle, and my cousin. So that was a good memory of a day. That was a big win. I remember I still ha I have the newspaper. It's not right here. This is the Russell one. I have it somewhere in the studio. It's the newspaper of, um, of that dog's win, big win. So that is my NCAA top 10. Now we're going to go on to my NFL top 10. I am excited. And I'll recap these at the end of the show if somebody does not see them. But this is my big movement, by the way, big movement. I wish you guys could see the movement on this page. Probably can. This is how many teams. I'm going to show them. Here it is. This is how many teams I have near my top 10. I'll move the camera for you guys. I don't even know how to get this in there. You have this many teams considered in my top 10 on this side, on this side over here. That's like 18 teams considered for my top 10. So we have a lot of teams in the top 10 consideration, a lot of teams out, a lot of teams in. Let's see what we got. Now we have four, my NFL top 10 at one, no movement. I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs beat the Patriots. They dominated the Patriots. They went ahead and beat the Eagles. I bet them again minus three this week in San Diego. And the Chargers have competed with every team, and they blew them out of the water. Kansas City Chiefs deservingly are staying right at number one. At two, moving up one spot, I have the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are... Just dominating teams. I know they barely beat the Lions, but it's a win. It's a win. Um, I think they're the only two undefeated teams left in the NFL. They have to be my one and two. The Atlanta Falcons, has a great, they have a great offense and a great defense. I don't see them being deserved to be put anywhere else. So I have KC, Atlanta. At three, I moved them down one spot is the New England Patriots. The reason I moved them down one spot was just because of the recent struggles. I mean, I know they played great against the Saints, and I know we all know they lost week one to the Chiefs. Um, you know, they won this week, but it took a last-second throw, a miraculous last-second throw on the right. Barely made it, barely got his feet in. A perfect throw from Brady to Cooks for them to win this game. Otherwise, we'd be talking them out of the top 10 at one and two, possibly. So I hesitate with the Patriots, but I have to keep it number three. That's why they moved down one spot. At four, I have them moving up four spots. 
the Dallas Cowboys. I had the Dallas Cowboys at number two, I think, on week one. Moved them down to eight last week after losing to Denver, and I moved them right back up, right back up to number four. They have a good enough quarterback, a great O-line. They have weapons. They have a running back, and their defense has been number one against the run game in the last year and a half. There's no reason the Dallas Cowboys should be below the top five in the NFL. They lost to Denver in Denver. Denver Broncos have the best record in the NFL in the last 10 years at home. So it's understandable to lose in Denver. Dallas at four. At five, moving up one spot, I have the Green Bay Packers. I know that they had a close game against the Bengals in overtime. But Aaron Rodgers is the type of player that can get you wins when you least expect it. And he showed that by driving down the field and getting some big plays and helping them win that game. The Green Bay Packers move up one spot to five. I have the Denver Broncos moving up one spot. I know that sounds crazy because they lost, but I have the Denver Broncos at six. That win against the Cowboys is more of the Broncos you're going to see than their loss to the Bills. That's a trap game in Buffalo off a big win against, uh, off a big win against the Cowboys. It's understandable to lose a game like that if you're the Denver Broncos. I'm not worried about them. I still move them up one spot from seven to six. At seven, moving up five spots are the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this Eagles team is legit. You know, the reason I had them a little lower last week was just because of their their loss to Kansas City. But then I reconsidered now. You know, this is this is my number one team. Or, uh, Kansas City is my number one team, and that's who they lost to. I had the Eagles at 12. I moved them back up to 7. They're a legitimate team. Um, they lost Sproles, which might be interesting because that's, that's a big dynamic part of their offense. He broke his arm and tore his ACL on the same play. I don't know how the hell that happens, but it happened. So I'm going to watch out for that. That might impact their offense a lot, but um, I did put the Eagles from 12 to 7. Dropping four spots, the Oakland Raiders. They dropped from the fourth spot that I had them at to the eight. Now, is losing to the Redskins that big of a deal? I don't think so. Um, Sunday night game, big protest day. I heard that team had a big meeting about protest about four hours before the game. That distracts people. Uh, Crabtree and Cooper had some drops. They didn't show up very well. Um, and I just don't, don't think it's a big deal to lose in Washington in a primetime game. They need that Washington needed that win more than Oakland, and Washington needed it to prove that they're a top ten team, which is why I moved them into my top ten. At nine, I have Pittsburgh Steelers. They're moving down four spots. I almost knocked them out of my top ten for losing to the Chicago Bears, but I still believe they have a top ten offense and probably a top ten defense. It just needs to all come together. The whole protesting doesn't help either. I'm ready for a non-protest NFL weekend to get these teams to be focused on football more than focused on protesting. And at 10, who are not ranked last week, I have the Washington Redskins. Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback. I've been saying it all along. Big win against the Oakland Raiders. Now they're still tied for the division in first place, a division with the Eagles, with the Cowboys, with the Redskins, and with the Giants team who showed their offense can still produce at the end of that Eagles game. That's a tough division, and that's a big win for Washington and a big win for Kirk Cousins. I don't think this team's that talented, but they find a way to win games. They're well-coached with a good quarterback, and they have good players. They're not that stacked, but they have enough talent to produce. Now, 
who fell out of my top 10. Remember last week I did a top 12, but I fell out as the Seahawks. They were at nine, dropped them out for that loss. The Ravens were at 10, dropped them out for losing to Jacksonville so badly, but that's an understandable loss in London. Jacksonville's played that game five years straight. It's an understandable loss. And the Lions were at 11. They're not in the top 10 yet, but they're right there. And this is where it's interesting. I had a lot of teams I was considering near my top 10. But this is how even balanced outside the top five the NFL is this year. Um, I, I would consider the Hawks, the Ravens, the Lions, the Titans, the Rams, the Jaguars, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, even after a bad loss, and even the Buffalo Bills at 2-1, and one, and even the Minnesota Vikings at 2-1. and one. So there's a lot of teams. This top, five, top 10 is going to be really transparent throughout the year and be moving a lot. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens. So I'm going to kind of just recap what I went through today. Um, I just think that's the best way to do it. I'm not going to have time to talk about the scandal in college football. As you all know, a lot of people were arrested, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. And I'll get my Today in Sports tomorrow. I'll do like a two-day Today in Sports topic tomorrow. Um, college, The college scandal, more D-Wade. But to recap what I was talking about, I'm this ranking show apparently. I've do, been doing rankings all show. We talked about D-Wade goes to Cleveland. I think uh, he was – promised a starting spot he said no to the Warriors he said no to San Antonio he said no to Miami no to Oklahoma City um, this Cleveland roster is amazing and I ended up doing my way too early top five NBA which was the Warriors the Cavs the Thunder the Rockets and the Celtics um, and then I had the Timberwolves and Spurs coming up close behind them my college football rankings ended up being Alabama Clemson at two Oklahoma at three Washington at four Penn State 5, USC 6, Georgia 7, TCU 8, Michigan 9, and Wisconsin 10. And last but not least, my NFL was Kansas City Chiefs, Atlanta Falcons, 3, the Patriots, 4, the Cowboys, 5, the Packers, 6, the Denver Broncos, 7, the Philadelphia Eagles, 8, the Oakland Raiders, 9, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and 10, the Washington Redskins, and tonight I'll be posting a top 10 of me and Georgia's college and NFL top 10s on our page. If you guys want to see it, I'll do a cool little graphic. It'll be there here shortly. Um, thank you for watching today. Do not forget this episode is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code COFFEE. You get 100% cashback bonus on your first deposit. You can find us on Periscope. Uh, thank you to everyone on Periscope for watching. You can also find us on um, facebook.com slash not live on periscope you find me right here georgeur sammy that's my twitter name if you follow me on twitter you'll find our periscope there um find us on itunes sont live subscribe give us a give us a you know retweet on soundcloud even sont live you can hear the podcast after the show if you ever missed the show thank you for watching today this was episode 200 200 thank you guys of sont live Episode 201 coming back tomorrow, Sans Sports. That being said, with George and Sammy George, we're at 8 a.m. Pacific time. I really appreciate y'all watching. Episode 200 brought to you by mybookie.ag. This was Speak Up with Sammy George. Always speak your mind and stay cool, America. Peace. 
Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free GetUpside Gas app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code NEXT for a 20-cent gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 45 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free GetUpside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code NEXT. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code NEXT. That's N E X T. Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free GetUpside Gas app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code NEXT for a 20-cent gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 45 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free GetUpside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code NEXT. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code NEXT. That's N-E-X-T.